I'm very glad that we have audio before we actually need to have audio. Yeah, yeah, that was the plan. I'm like, well, let's make sure it's working before we... <laughs> Absolutely. So, I, I, I think the key question is, um, what are we all drinking? Craig. So I guess I'll, I'll kick it off. So I am drinking a van full of weirdos, juicy IPA. I'm, I'm always astounded by the names of what you actually drink. Um, and, and how is a van full of weirdos? It's pretty good. Um, I'm a little disappointed it's not as good as the name, but it, it's still pretty good. Hmm. Brent. In honor of you, James, I am drinking a Jackson Triggs Malbec. Excellent. And how about you, Chris? Uh, well, I'll tell you what I'm not drinking is the beer that Brett owes me for uh, for beating him. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably somewhere on a courier ship uh, on the way down the West Coast. But in the meantime, I've got a nice recovery whiskey. Uh, it's an Eagle Rare single barrel pick from my, my friends down the road at Fernside Bar that just landed uh, this past week. So, My God, he's getting free advertising in there as well. Um, I have... Um, for like the second week in a row, not a bottle of Malbec. It is a um, Terra di Chieti. Um, I've no idea what grape it is, but it is quite tasty. Going to ruin my reputation here, I think. <laughs> I, I think you can drink different things occasionally, James. Uh, but it's two weeks in a row, Craig. I'm definitely going to have to have a Malbec next week. I will see what I can find and see if I can find one with like a, a slightly interesting name. Although, um, other than the um, I Heart Malbec, uh, <laughs> I haven't seen too many of them. Um, but I, I guess we should probably move on to um, Herd Summer Racing League because of this weekend in Herd, Herd Summer Racing League, we have two laps of the Yorkshire or Harrogate UCI course totaling 28 kilometers in length for 300 sorry 492 meters of climbing our races will take on the yorkshire kom and yorkshire sprint as they try to set the best times on both laps in the fastest through segment efforts with bonus points available on the finish line um we've already asked some questions but um brent and uh, chris are both joining us tonight for the first time and they've actually raced this already um guys how was it uh, tougher for me than Chris. Terrible. It was miserable. Absolutely miserable. <clears throat> Felt like more meters of climbing than that, James, to be honest. Yeah. I want to check the math. Um, I, I think with this route, it always does. And it's one of those funny ones where you're basically either doing VO2 or you're not pedaling at all. Um, Chris, um, you, you had a fantastic race tonight. Um, what, what, what were your tactics just to try and hang with the front as long as you can? Or... Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, hang with the front and hang with the front in the right spot too. Um, just figuring out, I, I, I'm a bit more blessed with static downforce. Um, and on this course, you're either going up, uh, which slows me down or you're going, you're, you're descending, which speeds me up. So I have to be, uh, kind of near the front ish, uh, nose out of the wind, but on these long slogs of, uh, of ascents. And then uh, everybody will kind of roll past me a little bit. I'll be at the tail end of the when we get to the summit of something. And then that will allow me to roll out uh, to the front of the group and uh, just lather, rinse, and repeat that same sort of strategy. And it worked out pretty well. Yeah, I'd say. Um, I, I think you had an eighth place in the end. Um, and I, I definitely saw like a couple of um, fifth places on, on the segments as well. Um, I think um, you and Brent were together for definitely the first lap um and then you um ceremoniously um dropped him on on the second climb i believe uh brent how's that for you yeah tough i um i tried to put a little more sting in the legs on the first climb so that like it went off fast like every zwift race but then on this course that first like you turn right into a climb that goes like kind of between two and five percent for about two and a half kilometers so you don't like it usually goes for a minute and then it settles in and this one went fast right till the edge of that first climb i would say wouldn't you chris yeah agreed uh, no well that was mostly your fault you were driving the front of it yeah well it was i i was in and then i when we got to the steeper bit i thought i'd need to go a little faster and see if i could scrape some of the sprintier guys off the back because i know i can't quite take the koms but if i can 
knock some of the sprintier guys off or slow them down, then maybe I can get into the top five on the sprints. But unfortunately, it just ended up me being too tired by a second KOM and I fell off the back. So, so what I saw was the, um, the fast start was fast, but didn't last as long as the normal fast start because it went into that climb. And it looked like the, the climb up what I think is Otley Road um, was probably four and a half watts per kilo for pretty much the whole thing. Sounds pretty close. That's where I would have been. Yeah. So for an unclassified segment, that's pretty ouchy. Yeah. And so after we get over Otley Road, um, you've, you've then got the, the right-hand turn, which then you, you've got a little bit more climbing, so probably about a 2 or 3% before you go down past um, Popback Wall. Um, and, and Chris, I think I saw you hit about 97 kph. Uh, maybe, maybe I, my eyes weren't really working at that point after that time. So, <laughs> so um, after, after you get down, pop back wall. Um, you've got a little bit of gradual gradient before you turn right again, and then another right-hand turn before you go downhill um, before the um, Yorkshire KOM, and that's enough. Uh, the, the downhill before the com is another opportunity to super tuck. So we haven't touched on that yet. But, um, You've obviously got super tuck down past pop back wall, um, and then you've got super tuck after that second right hand turn um, before the KOM, and then all hell breaks loose. Um, Chris, I think your your second con was your faster one, and I, I, I saw you holding sort of like 450 watts for definitely the first half of the hill. Um, what, what, what was your plan? Um, did you have like any sort of numbers in mind, or were you just trying to follow the people in front? I was just trying to follow wheels. Um, yeah, actually on the second KOM on the lead in, I found myself in a position I didn't want to be in thanks to the super tuck and uh, my extra kilos. I was, I kind of had my nose out in the front, which I didn't want to, didn't want to do because we're, we're, we're going for fastest time. Right. So I wanted to be towards the back drafting as much as I can. And then just passing people and knowing that everybody that I was passing, I was a faster time then, but I found myself on the front. So I actually had to, I gave it a little kick to get out of the super tuck and try to slow myself down before that KOM start line um, and, and try to drop back in the group a little bit, um, which I, th I think it worked a little bit, but yeah, it was just trying to follow wheels. Um, mm -hmm. Anybody who went past just trying to stick on and, and it worked. So, so um, just, just before the race, um, Brent, we, we were talking about the, uh, the Mike buggy effort. Um, why don't you just uh, tell us a little bit of, of um, what, what that was and when that happened. Yeah, so when we were doing this course in the uh, Zwift Racing League, Mike Buggy, who was on the herd of Blazing Bidets, did basically a sprint effort down the last 200 meters of the climb, or maybe a little less than that, and then held that through the bottom as it turned up, and then blasted through the first bit of the uphill and gapped basically the whole field to, to kind of get everyone else out of the wind so he was solo way off the front and he didn't quite hold it all the way to first place all the way to the front a couple of the super strong later guys caught him but definitely managed to get himself a couple places so i tried that today i had the feather going down the hill so i i hammered it for the last little bit down the hill and then hit my feather at the bottom and tried to go up but the uh, either i'm not as fast a sprinter as mike or um the field knew it was coming because I never really shook kind of the next two or three guys. They managed to stick with me right on my wheels. He went up and with like the speed you're going, you're still like 50 kilometers an hour for the first like 20 or 30 seconds up to that climb. Maybe not quite that long, but for a good long ways at the climb, the speed is so high that you're still super draftable. So I just didn't shake anyone and then probably got a bit burned. Although I still got to get like top 10 on the KOM, which is probably about where I'd expect ultimately anyway. Yeah, so um, I think I think Mike's got a 12, 1300 watt sprint on him. So um, <laughs> I wouldn't be feeling any even a tiny bit ashamed by not being able to uh, keep up with that. So we so we're over the top of the KOM. We've gone down the KOM. Then we're turning left over a roundabout, and then we've got the sort of ten percent spiky bit. Um, so we've got uh, another climb before the sprint, and, and that peaks at about 10%, probably averages, I guess, probably 6-7%. Um, and then you turn right onto the sprint. Um, guys, how, how did you find the sprint tonight? 
I thought it was a little pedestrian, I guess, compared to some of them. Like they were fast, but not as cutthroat as I've seen. And people went late. I always I thought people would go earlier because it's a shorter sprint, but there was really no jump until into the sprint. I would say past the corner. I think certainly watching um, Chris. Um, I, th I think Chris, your your first sprint was probably the first half was I guess about three four hundred watts, and then you went through it in the second half. Yeah, this one always, it just seems a little bit longer when you're actually doing it than the, than the 250 that I've got on the race sheet. Um, I don't know if it's the turns or not being able to see the banner or the start line, um, or if it was just a function of nobody else, like Brent said, nobody else was going for it. Um, so trying to stay in the draft as long as I can and then just give it a little punch. Um, but I agree. I, in a perfect world, everybody is at speed before you make that right hand turn and hit the line, right? Um, but that just wasn't the case. So tried to stay in the draft uh, and give it a little kick. I think it's slightly uphill as well, which is why it always feels a bit longer than 250 yeah. meters. But, um, after the sprint, we've got the, the rest of the mini loop, which is fairly rolling. Um, but there, there's a couple of 6% um, bits in there. And then you get back down to a roundabout, turn left, a little bit of downhill, and then you turn right, and then you've got the ramp up towards the start-finish straight. Um, and in terms of the second lap, you've almost got like two sprints because you're sprinting up that hill, and then you're still 500 meters away from the finish line. So you can't sprint the whole way unless your name's um, Orjan Lovedale. Um, so you basically want to sprint up a hill, and then you're sort of sitting in trying to draft for maybe another sort of five, 10 seconds, then sprinting again. Does that sound about right? Yep. That's, that's how it goes at the end of that lap. Yeah. And even the, the flat to the finish line isn't even a flat, right? So you're still just, you're yeah. fighting the whole way to the line and it just goes on forever. Yeah. It's um, like, it's like three or two, two to 3%, even when it flattens out at the top of that ramp. Yeah. Yeah. I so, think so this direction, the, that finish is absolutely brutal. Um, the, that hill is just kind of a little bit too far to go right from there. So then it just ends up into a big schmozzle, which is also fun because there's always the people that try to go from the bottom of the hill that end up getting overrun because anyway, it, it's, it's an interesting finish. Yeah, I think if you know your legs um, and know how you respond in that situation, you can. You don't have to mark everybody that goes because they're going to come back. Nobody can survive that. So, just slot in where you can, and, and know your know your efforts. Yeah, count on it taking about fifty percent longer. If you usually like to send your, you know, full speed at two hundred, wait till one fifty. If you usually like to send it three hundred, wait till two hundred because it's going to be. It's going to be that much longer to get to the finish than where you think it's going to be. I think uh, my experience of this course last time should be um, ZRL. Um, I very, very, very nearly held the front group up the um, Yorkshire KOM, um, but missed out by about two seconds. They flew away from me, and the um, I was on my own. There's about a group of five behind me. They all flew past me going downhill, um, and then there was a group behind about ten seconds that included Michael Bowser, um, and I got onto the uh, start finish straight. Um, Bowser was about ten seconds behind, and he to this day maintains that he was trying to just make sure no one caught up with me. Yet he was doing ten watts a kilo. <laughs> Um, and <laughs> in, in, in the end, I, I crossed the line about half a second in front of him. Um, and it was very, very nearly, um, handbags at dawn. But anyway, um, so that's, 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 that's the first lap. Beats, um, second lap is even harder. Um, we've obviously, um, covered everything that happens on that lap. But, um, yeah, so the, the second lap. One thing I will say is that on the second lap, people tend to not push nearly so hard on Otley on that that first ramp that first three percent ramp because i mean that which is good but uh th that's what i've always found i've never found anybody really attack at that point you know in a race where there's points for the uh, kom anyway that was our race too like we were down to 13 by the time we hit the end of the lap and and no one really 
attacked off the front on Otley. Like, it was pretty tame. Yeah, it looked relatively steady on the second lap. Um, and then, obviously, um, all hell broke loose on, on, on the second KOM. Um, and the second sprint was, I, I guess, relatively tame. Um, it didn't seem to be particularly fast. Um, and then, obviously, you have the sprint to the line. Um, but, yeah, no... Um, Great race, Chris. Um, Brent, you did pretty well as well. Um, so eight, eight for Chris, ten for Brent. Um, all good points for Herd. Good stuff. And yeah. after um, today, we so uh, we've obviously got um, Herd Summer Racing League um, today, tomorrow, and Sunday. Um, but on. Uh, Sunday and Monday we've got um, the Herd of Mountain Goats, which this weekend will be the Muir and the Mountains routes, which is definitely not I don't I've written down 914 metres, that sounds a bit high, but it might be right um, after that and we'll come back to this shortly um, we have a stampede on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, which is six laps of fan flats um then on Tuesday, we have the Herd Series, um, which will be a single lap of uh, figure eight, and it's the first of our points races. So points are available on the um, forward and reverse KOM and the forward and reverse sprint. And then we'll move on to the um, highly contested, um, heavy sarcasm, um, bullseye event, um, which will have four laps of the Champs-Élysées route. Going back to the stampede, so <laughs> what was that a big sigh? I, I didn't didn't hit quite hear who that big sigh came from. Oh, that was Craig and uh, uh, the, yeah, Champs Elysees. I've had a couple really good races there, but I I think of all the races there, actually, it might only be one really good race I've had on Champs Elysees. Um, that's so easy to get wrong. Mm. I I've also had one very good race on Champs-Élysées and probably about eight or nine really, really bad ones. Um, Champs-Élysées was my first race in Category C where I actually managed to hold the front of a group until the end of a race. Nice. But is, in, is the, the lap banner on Champs at the lap banner for this bullseye or is it the one at the sprint on the uphill? It's lap banner. Okay, that's a little more... not as exciting as the uphill sprint. <laughs> Oh, believe me, it'll still be quite painful. Oh, oh I've done it. I, I, I understand. It <laughs> is, it is. Um, well, it's a bullseye. Yeah. Your sprint intervals in. So coming back to the stampede. So we've done six races so far, and Brent and I have done every single one of those six races on a Monday. Brent is beating me four-two. Um, I was very grateful for a win last week with um the um. Petticom turning up at the right time. But unfortunately, uh, this week we have fan flats. Um, Brent, I've, I think my money is probably on you this week. Even if I can hold 4-0 around the whole thing, I, I think your your watts are definitely going to outdo me this time around. Yeah, it'll be tougher for you this week. How many laps is it a fan? Like, What's the total kilometers? Uh, it's six laps, which will take us to about 38, 39k. Yeah, so... Yeah, I guess it's a bit of an endurance contest, really. None of us uh, are going to catch Kev on this one. I think he's got oh, no. the power <laughs> think, and the distance, that guy. I think Kev's, Kev's probably got about two or three minutes on this this time around. So I actually did the stampede for the first time in a long time on Monday. And, uh, yeah, I was way behind the, the times of you guys, but uh, I definitely went out way, way, way too fast. I watched some of your video, Craig. <laughs> you looked, you looked uh, distraught there on parts of the KOM. I was done. I was done like dinner by the time we hit the KOM. So I actually had a plan. So my plan was to go a little too fast and then to hammer the, the aqueduct, but then to act deliberately slow down and recover and hammer the KOM. I forgot to slow down. And just everything. I've, I've heard this before. This, this sounds a lot like uh, one of your Bologna plans. 
it it's uh, yeah. So when I've executed this type of plan, it it can go really well. But um, yeah, no, I, I I forgot to slow down, didn't recover, and was absolutely toast for the KOM. My 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 plan was much so my ftp i think is about 3.92 um my plan was four flat on on the flats um do something relatively sensible on um the aqueduct and then kick as hard as i possibly could on on, on the kom um i so brent always goes off fast um and I'm, I'm never gonna like match his pace on, on the first probably 10 kilometers of um any flat race um but we we uh, met each other i think it was either just before or just after the aqueduct um and then then we hit petticom and i was holding i think between four and a half and five and brent was with me for I think the first two or three hairpins and I was absolutely certain that I wasn't going to drop him. And then all of a sudden I, I saw he was like five, 10 meters back. And that was pretty much the time I was going to just take it easy for a bit because I didn't think I could drop him. And then I saw him drop a little bit and that was the incentive I needed to just really kick as hard as I possibly could for the rest of the climb. Um, Brent, if you'd stayed with me then, I would have slowed down. <laughs> Um, there you go. Yeah, but it, it all happened. Intel, James. <laughs> <laughs> it it all happened at the right time, um, and then I was just able to kick on a bit further and open up a bit of a gap before the top. Um, but I think uh, this 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 time around with uh, six laps of fan flats, I'm really going to struggle to stay with you. So I, th I think on a good day, I might come fourth, um, and I'm really hoping for a good day. <laughs> um, but we'll see how it pans out. Oh, yeah, I think it'll out. be interesting to see how much. So, like this, um, there's a few of us who race this um, time slot every week or almost every week, and there's like a lot of different body morphologies in terms of like the results and stuff you see at the end. And so it'll be interesting. You know, most of the ones we've had so far have had one good climb in them, varying lengths. But this, I think, is the flattest one we've done out of these first six races. So it'll be interesting to see how that changes the I... tactics. I can't remember his surname. There's a guy called um, Peter who um, comes every Monday, and um, he often starts fast. And I think it took me about 15k to catch up with him last Monday. Um, I think this could be a good race for him as well, and I think I will struggle to beat him. So, yeah. So I think um, Peter's in for a good round. Um, I think what's great about Monday Stampede is it's the same guys every single week. So we've got um, you, me, Peter, Kev, um, Shifty Gardner, um, we've got um, Gary Raven, Hugh Shepard, um, Ernst Leckies is there as well. Um, so generally we've got like probably seven or eight people that race it week in, week out, and it's really, really good to see. Um, and we're going to have to mention um, Alex Cooper because he absolutely flew last week. Um, but on a flat course, he'll he'll probably do like four, 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 five. But at his way, is that going to be enough to podium? Um, and we will find out on Monday. So looking forward to seeing um, how, how the results all pan out. Yep. So I, I haven't done that. a... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I just said I agree with all that. I, speaking from my perspective, I haven't done a stampede or a bullseye in, in quite some time, so I'm going to have to duck into both of those events just to kind of reacquaint the legs with, with that format ahead of the Herd Club Championships. But I'm looking ahead at the schedule, and it looks like James has changed every route for that week to Ventop, so I'm not sure how that's going to work. What did you bullseye? So... We may as well talk about it now, actually. Um, so, Herd Club Championship. Um, I, I wanted that week to be Event Up Week, um, just because it's a really, really good effort. Um, so, we've got Ventop, we've got Volcano Climb After Party in the Stampede, um, got Queen's Highway in the Bullseye. Um, it was originally going to be three laps of London Loop in the Summer Racing League, but because of the way that um, there's a bit of a delay getting the uh, Mercury Islands um, 
uh, segments involved, we actually have three laps of Chain Chomper, which I think will actually be a really, really good course. Um, bike selection is key um, because the first half is tarmac, second half is gravel. Um, you've got two KOMs per lap and a sprint per lap. So basically, um, club championship is going to be Chain Chomper, Ventop, Volcano After Party, and eight laps of Queen's Highway. So I think it's going to be quite special. That's one word for it. <laughs> quite special um, in Jamesish um, generally translates to extremely painful and want to die. I can't believe it's on a Ventop week, James. Well, I deliberately chose the week it was going to be on top, so <laughs> I, I don't. I don't even know why you're surprised, Craig. Ah, uh, I, I mean, Muir in the Mountain is such a nice course, or you, you've got Innsbruck UCI in the Mountain Goats as well. They, they, those are much better courses. But they are much nicer courses. But I wanted it to be challenging, and Ventop is definitely the most challenging climb, um, albeit the most boring, dull. Oh my god! I want to kill myself. Climb, um, but it's the, the toughest of a lot. So James, I think this plays into what uh, Steve and I were talking about last week, where Ventop. I think if it's the herd championships, if it's the club championships, I think it's going to be really interesting because people are going to be really engaged and talking to each other. Uh, the same as you know we were we were and dirt was and in that uh that final race for hsrl3 so i i think this has the potential to go really well but uh yeah it it definitely doesn't favor me yeah i don't think it favors many people um anyone that's listening if you are listening and you are racing get on discord for your races um, because it helps it helps your teammates so so much um and um i i i don't even know if um chris was listening listening to me tonight um, but i was like saying okay kick now and that's a really really good climb you're doing so well um it it will really really help your teammates if you're there on discord and you can just say nearly there 500 meters to go and that sort of stuff um and and it's great for team tactics as well um but but especially on something as as long and horrid as ventop and let, let's be fair we're talking like probably a two-hour climb in d maybe slightly longer um i, I think I, um when i when i did double ventop um i did two and a half watts a kilo and it's like two hours ten minutes per climb um it's 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 long it's horrible it's it's nothing about it is pleasant apart from the one downhill segment you have which um, happens fairly early on um get on discord cheer your teammates on help 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 each other through it because it makes such a difference and yeah, it, it, it really did James. yeah um, if, if you've got someone you've got someone else there who's doing the same thing that you are and they're just saying we've got five kilometers to go let's do it um that that really 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 help anyone that's on the same channel so if, yeah. if you if you're looking to do the um, the club championship, which is the from the third of September onwards, um, get on Discord. You will help every single one of your teammates by just being on there. So, yeah, having that voice in my ear, James, is really helpful. And then, agreed. The the more folks we have on there across multiple categories, you can talk and and kind of game plan. Like we're catching your group, spin up, hop on. You can bridge people back. Um, there, there's nothing bad about having extra voices on Discord to chat and, and commiserate. So, yeah, I would echo that as well. So, James, I remember I can't remember exactly what race it was, but uh, I remember you being on Discord and a few other guys. It was a race in France, and uh, I know I was you and I and a, a few other guys we were kind of trying to Bowser at the end at the back of a big group and but there were people pushing the group too and it was i remember this yeah yeah um, you 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 called out a gap that i hadn't seen and that allowed me to push up the power to get back onto the group and that was a massive help yeah, yeah. there you go 
and uh, yeah, so it's that kind of thing where it's a you know you, you can you know do those little things like you would do in like you would do if you had a radio in a real race. Not that I've ever been in a real road race with a radio, but the, those little things about what's happening in the race um, that that can really help each other without you know being a detriment to yourself so i think that's uh it, it makes it more fun uh you're also and i i mean we've in in zwift racing league especially i've definitely you know kind of just at the last second realized nobody else is going for the sprint and said hey come on i'm gonna lead you out i'm going now and uh yeah so the uh, you know, a teammate gets first and I end up with third or fourth in the sprint because of uh, that kind of quick call, which you can't do typing. So, yeah. Just on, 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 on that note, um, I seem to recall being on the same team as you and Orjan. Orjan basically saying, yeah, I feel like going at like 700 meters to go. <laughs> and, and you were like, oh, that's a bit far. Um, and then Orjan going, probably 500 and you guys taking i think first and second i think we were first and third i think orjan got the win and i was third so that that one so orjan said uh, and it was the two of us in a group of four or five at the front and uh so i, I was trying to line up okay what are we gonna do when do you want to go because he's a better sprinter i said you know i'll, I'll lead you a little bit if i can so i want to go at 500 i said i can't do that but uh, yeah, and everybody else in the race laughed at that. But uh, no, it was uh, it, it was good, and uh, yeah. So funny enough, the uh, the guy who came second ended up going before Orjan, and then uh, the two of us uh, covered it. I was able to get past him a little bit, but then he came back at me. So anyway, really good result, and uh, that was actually one of the most. One of the best Swift races I've had was that one with uh, Orjan and I playing the, all those primes on uh, Richmond Reverse in uh, Zwift Racing League. Yeah, but, um, and I, I think the fact that um, we were all on Discord re really helped you guys get that um, P1 and P3. Because um, um, if, if, if Orjan had just gone and you weren't expecting it, you might not have been able to react. But because you knew that he was going to do it, you were able to give him a bit of a lead out and get your third place. Yeah, no, it, it definitely works much better. And so not being on Discord, but just happening to go at the same time, uh, Mark, John and I have done that and together broken away from the group we were with on finishes before as well. And just that what you can do by timing a sprint together is uh, is pretty impressive on how fast you can drop a group. My best time on Ventop ever was uh, the first round of the first half of the first round of Mountain Goats, and Brian O'Connor and I did Ventop together on Discord, the two of us the whole time, and I don't think either one of us would have been within 30 seconds or a minute of our time if it wasn't for both of us pushing each other on. Like, he was two or three minutes up the road for me at least, but, you know, you're you're like, oh, I'm this close to the end, and the guy's telling you, you can do it, go get it, get that next guy in front of you, and, and it was, like, for 90 minutes of pure hell that is Ventop, it was the pretty fun 90 minutes of hell. Yeah. <laughs> it's not pleasant <laughs> at all. So I think we've sold Discord quite a lot here. Um, but what we did mention is a lot of about uh, Zwift Racing League. And uh, so if we're going to talk about ZRL, I, people have started uh, asking about, uh, about ZRL. And I think... Uh, just to, just to cover that, since we've covered it several times in chats and uh, and comments, uh, we're going to put out a sign up. It's going to be a Google form, same as before. We've been talking with uh, with Claire, and I think we're going to try and do one common sign up for the women's teams and the mixed teams because people signing up for both was one of the major confusions last season, and uh, that's going to come out pretty soon. But First thing, we don't know what the categories categories are going to look like. Um, whether I, I, gonna be... I think, um, sorry, Craig. I, yeah. I, I think we do know 
it's it's going to be A, B, C, D. Um, it's going to be a sort of power categories. Um, I think the thing that we don't know is what the time zones are going to be because there are going to be um, three different uh, time zone changes over the course of this uh, racing league. So, which is going to present challenges because it's that time of year. Daylight savings, hooray. Um, but it is going to be A, B, C, D. Um, so if you are a B rider and you think you are going to upgrade to A in the next few weeks, enter A. If you're a C and you think you're going to upgrade to B, enter B. To avoid disappointment. Um, but like Craig says, um, hopefully by the end of this weekend, we will have a post out to collect all your details. Um, and as Craig says, um, that there's been um, a couple of people um, expressing interest. Um, so wait for the post. Um, we will put out a Google form to ask you things like what's your name, what's your Zwift, uh, Zwift ID, um, and if you have raced for, um, if you've raced in ZRL before, which team you raced in. Um, so really, really, really looking forward to this. Um, I think it's going to be a great season. I think we're going to have an enormous amount of um, herd teams. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be really good. Sorry, Craig, didn't mean to interrupt. No, that, that, that was pretty much it. Uh, I think the... Uh, just for everybody's knowledge, um, you know, there's kind of two things... Two, the two biggest things we're looking at when we're putting together the teams are, one, keeping people together that have raced before because you do get... To know the people you're racing with so if people want to stay together that's that, that's valid but also trying to keep the teams fairly close in power because especially in the uh, team time trial weeks it's a lot more fun if you're all close in power yeah absolutely um <laughs> I, I remember when um, i foolishly um upgraded myself to a um but no, sorry, I, I was a B, almost A, and I did a team time trial with um, Mark John's team, um, thinking, oh, yeah, this, this will be a bit easier. And Ben had to do 4.0 just to hang on. <laughs> um, but very, very, very much looking forward to um, doing ZRL um, in one of our B teams. And Craig, um, I, I, I know you've said that um, you probably won't be able to, but hopefully you will. Um and we are eagerly awaiting to find out what all the time zones are going to be, uh, what, what times people can race at, and how many people we're going to have entering. Um, and I think we're, we're going to have some many, many, many great ladies teams as well, which I'm really, really, really pleased about. Chris and Brent, which, which teams did you um, enter last time around? Go ahead, Brent. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, Chris and I are, I think, we'll call it three seasoned veterans of the herd of blazing bidets. Um, mm -hmm. We race together three of these ZRLs together, and we have just the funnest time. It's usually we get, probably I'd say, like, we usually have about a core group of four or five of us that are, like, you know, seven of the eight races together, and then we fill in around it. But, you know, we get on Discord. We have a good laugh about it. One season we were super competitive. Literally the last race of the season we needed to finish first to take out the other guys and we came in second. We finished like one point behind them for the whole series. The next time around we were in a much tougher, this is when they did the split down to like the B, when the B1s and stuff got a lot more split out. So we ended up in the top B1 division and we didn't, weren't quite as competitive, but we still had lots of fun. So. so so that's that's an interesting point because last time round they seeded teams before the series started whereas this time round there are going to be teams placed into um, a division and there's going to be two qualifying races so you might see people stay in the same division and other teams being promoted or relegated rather than um, automatic placing in various different divisions so um my um minions team we, we were placed in a2 um 
which might have had something to do with the fact that it was um, Bologna in the Herd Summer recently the weekend before, and I did 4.4 watts per kilo, um, and as did a few of the um, other uh, Minion riders. So rather than placing people on their previous couple of efforts, um, that they're going to um, base it on the, the two qualifying races. So there'll be one TTT, one points race. So hopefully that'll result in a fairer division and look forward to seeing how it goes. Craig, your thoughts? No, yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm interested to see how they apply the results of those two races uh, or what, what they, how they use the results of those two races to get into the promotion relegation so i i think that's going to be interesting but uh yeah i uh i think i got one race in with the bidets in season one um but uh always a fun group yeah i got one race in with mark john's team which was really really fun and um i didn't feel like i was going to be in like the bottom 0.5 percent <laughs> in the results um I think for anyone who's not clear, you need to Google why is a bidet a horse? Because <laughs> a bidet is a horse. A bidet is yeah. a horse. Yeah. Answer a it lot was, of questions about that. It was a horse. <laughs> every, every it was week. a horse once upon a time. I I, I, I think fair. that that uh, word dropped out of use in the French language a few hundred mm. years ago. But yes, <laughs> it was a horse. Fair enough. No, it's still in the language, Craig. It's still there. <laughs> we're bringing it back if not <laughs> so the final thing in our podcast is things that annoyed us about Zwift um, Craig I, I I don't have anything um, Zwift hasn't annoyed me um, other than the fact my um, two hour workout on um, Tuesday was extremely painful um, but I don't think that was Zwift's fault um, has anything annoyed you about Zwift this week well so I, I guess it's it's not really Zwift as an entity or company's fault, but um, Becca tried to kill me. Um, so Becca shared a workout with me and uh, I attempted to do it. And um, she didn't tell me beforehand that she had attempted to do this workout before and failed multiple times. So um, yeah, it was um, incredibly difficult. And I'm not sure it's possible for anyone to be completely honest. So this workout is basically 30 seconds of, um, I think, 450 watts with 15 second recovery again, 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 times eight. Well, not quite. So it is 30 seconds on, 15 seconds off. So the, I think the first two sprints for me were at 545. And, and then they 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 went down from there uh but it was four sets of 10 30 second sprints with uh 15 seconds between and i think it was it was only like it was less than three minutes between sets i don't think this is a possible workout i've i've, I've done workouts like this before and i got about halfway through um before i just quit out were you doing an erg mode, like ergometer mode, Craig? I tried it. Um, so I did the first set in erg mode. I skipped the second and third sets because I was dead after basically hitting the spiral of death two or three times in the first set. And then I did the last set in uh, with erg mode off. I, 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 I just don't think you can... Um, I know the plan is to do it in erg mode, but um, I, I, I don't think you can. Um, because generally it takes what probably five seconds to, maybe five to ten seconds to bring the resistance up to what you need to be um I, I think workouts like that you have to do the whole thing with um erg mode off yeah up wasn't the problem it was taking five to ten seconds to come down when it was 15 seconds off yeah 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 erg mode on those were short recoveries like i back when i was doing training for different stuff i did a bunch of stuff for fast stuff and i always found that that erg mode recovery is like almost no recovery because by the time you like it adjusts everything back to like you being at 100 or 150 watts whatever your recovery pace is it's just 
like you're as tired from getting the stupid cadence back as you are before the next repeat comes back around. Yeah, so thank you. You guys managed to turn this into actually being about Swift and Erg mode as opposed to just Becca trying to kill me in, you know, some sort of weird attempted murder by workout thing. <laughs> to, to be fair, she's been trying to kill herself at, at the same time. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think like workouts like that, you have to do it with um, Erg mode off because you've got the delay for, firstly, the uh, the power ramping up and then it ramping down. Brent, has Swift annoyed you in any way this week? The only thing that's been bothering me, including today during our race, was um, I'm getting like a bunch of frame rate drops, which like... I run Zwift in 720p on a PC with an i5 Intel and a GTX 1650 graphics card. And that should not be happening. So I don't know if I've got background stuff or there's something in the update, but like I've had it a few times. I've had it when there's weird sun effects coming through the trees and I've had it when there's some rain. But then today, like there was nothing on the course and I was getting frame rate drops. So that was annoying me. Is your computer plugged in? I know that's been a problem for you in the past. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my computer was plugged in, Chris. I can't even blame it on that today. All right. <laughs> Fair that, enough. That's a weird one. Yep. And Chris, has Zwift annoyed you in any way this week at all? Uh, it seems like they've got that Strava link issue fixed. Am I correct in thinking that? Anybody else having that issue anymore? I think that was only iOS, but I believe there was a patch last week that fixed it. Well, the fact that it was ever an issue to begin with, um, I guess there's residual irritation there. Um, but that seemed to... I, I'm more irritated with the people on the, the WTRL forums that are complaining. Um, but that that's always going to be a thing, and that's not Zwift's problem. Um, and, and it's not a herd problem either, right? We're all pretty respectful uh, and appreciative for, for the work that everybody puts into this um, on their own time and dime. Um, but I, I just, I, I could live without people on the WTRL forums complaining about um, complaining about seating issues and category and AutoCAD and, and things that in the, in the grand scheme of things are, are not a problem. Um, but again, well, I... not... I, I, I've um, left that forum at least twice now, um, mm -hmm. just for those reasons. Um, I think um, Herd and Herd Racing League are massively supportive and a really, really nice place to be. Um, whereas if you look at Zwift Racing and uh, the Zwift uh, Racing League forums, it's not so much. Um Personally, um, I think um, WTRL need to have someone who's permanently on that forum to be able to um, address various issues. Um, I, I think they they do a good job periodically, but I think more could be done. Yeah, it's, it's tough because, I mean, James, you know how many people are on how much to keep the herd and herd racing league the way it is so I, I mean we've got a pretty good group and there isn't a lot of moderation required but when there's a, it, it's always reacted too quickly when something does come up so it, it if you don't have that group of people to engage it's really tough to uh, to keep things positive yeah, and, and just to like clarify, um, uh, WTRL have two people waiting for them. They've got um, Martin and um, Stephen. Um, Ma Martin is doing like 16 plus hour days um, running the, um, th their results engine, and uh, Stephen is answering all the emails. They, they do not have time to be responding to various people on Facebook. Um, so, no fault of her own. Um, the Swift Racing League um, forums turned into a, a bit of a minefield. Yeah, I... P.S. I... PS guys, give me a job. I'll do it happily for <laughs> you. 
yeah. <laughs> I, I'd almost call it cesspool. Like it, it is brutal. Um, and you know, if you say the wrong thing, people get all over you. So uh, no, it, it is, uh, it is bad at times. They've increased the amount of moderation there, which is good. But um, yeah, definitely. You know, through I think season two was the worst point, but uh, it got bad for a while. I only follow it like when you're captaining a team. Like once in a while, things come up that you need to be sort of apprised of. So you know, it's good to see what other people are saying and talking about, and knowing what's going on a little bit in the league, so you don't miss anything. But I also think like. I don't know how much of it is sometimes just up to like culture and language issues. Like, like the herd is all like, I don't know, 95% English speaking people from like English speaking countries. And sometimes I think like people write things in WTRL, but they're writing their second language. They're, um, you know, the way people deal with issues in different cultures is not like the same. And when they're dealing in their second language to boot is like not the way we expect to deal with things and so it comes across in a way and then you get someone responding in comments about stuff and it just spirals so it's tough it's a real tough thing i don't i don't begrudge them the time that those guys put in dealing with it yeah i mean i think my feeling about the uh, zrl um facebook group is generally just down to martin and steven not having time to monitor it and um Martin definitely dips in and um, corrects um, incorrect understandings every so often in in his own beautiful way. Um, but yeah, it's 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 not a nice place to be in. Just like uh, Grumpy Becca is the best Becca, Sassy Martin is the best Martin. So um, I'll keep showing up for that. Yeah. Absolutely. I think some people have described it as Snarky Martin, but uh, it's uh, Snarky Martin doesn't come out without uh, provocation. So no, it's uh, it's pretty funny sometimes. But uh, yeah, some some of that provocation is uh, over the top. I think on that night we we are probably done. Um, massive thanks for um, Brent and um, Christopher joining um, Craig and myself tonight. Um, Steve is um, on date night um, and um, Becca is away um, attending other important things. Um, but um, Chris and Brent, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here tonight. Um, hope you can join us again. And Brent, I, I look forward to being um, beaten by you on Monday. Thanks so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. See you Monday. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Good night. Thank you.